Hello, I'm Sean Capri, gamer, podcaster, human being. Every day, millions of podcasts are downloaded onto smart cellular telephones. These are incredible devices that have changed our lives for the better, but sadly, more podcasts are going unrated on iTunes now more than ever. An unrated podcast can suffer dire consequences. But if you act today, if you review We The GamerCast right now, you can ensure this cute little hungry podcast will get the nutrition and education it needs to grow up to be a doctor or a teacher. If you rate We The GamerCast on iTunes today, screen cap your review and tweet at Sean Capri, hashtag WeTheGamerCast, and we'll send you a photo of Sean eating a gluten-free sandwich and reading a comic book. We'll also read a review at the top of the show. To make the biggest impact, you can show your support with a haiku review. Don't let your favorite podcast go hungry. Support Canadian creators today and help end sappy appeals like this one. Episode 139 of We The Gamer Cast that publishes on iTunes, Google Play, and you know it, mother loving YouTube, every single Monday. Thank you for subscribing, hitting the thumbs up, and leaving a comment, sharing with your friends, rating on iTunes, like that sappy old appeal at the start. I brought that one back. I was looking in the old, the old files. I'm like, I haven't had that thing on this episode, in the, on this show for a while. And I had to go all the way back to 2016 when I created that thing, everybody. That's a, that's in the history books right there. I love it. I hope you enjoyed it. That's the first time you're hearing it. That's a that's an oldie but a goodie in the We the Gamer Cast archives. That's kind of a thing now. We've been this is episode 139. We're creeping up on 150, doing six episodes a month. If you can see that in the video, um, it's all thanks to your support at Patreon.com/slash Make Is Better. We're doing six of those a month. Two returning guests. I still have to line up April. We'll get to a whole fresh start. It's April Fool's today as I'm recording this. I wish I had, now that I'm saying this out loud, I wish I had kind of brought up a bunch of the best April Fool's jokes. Sorry, off the top of my head, I saw one of Dying Light is giving a uh, a Battle Royale mode, and also Shovel Knight 64 was teased. So can't wait for those things to totally happen. But thank you to everybody for supporting us at patreon.com slash make us better, especially our platinum executive producer. Another month, holy crap, Corey Hicks. Thank you, man. Thank you very, very much. Uh, our gold executive producer, Sheldon Benedict and Mr. Moody, and our gentleman executive producers, Nick Militia from Next Level Games, Joel Brooks, James Johnson, Dr. Doom, Jesse Armstrong, David Ray, Aaron Doherty, Martini Jean, and Dude427, always showing up in the streams. Thank you, dude. It's good to hang out with you, man. Get to play some games, playing some Far Cry. I'll get to that in a second. I want to thank our amazing guest from last week, Janet Garcia, was also on The Bad Bitch Show. Over on Joseph's, uh, over on Joseph's channel, youtube.com slash badbiggames. It's incredible. Uh, she probably smashed in, I would say, six episodes worth of content within our two, our two shows. She's just a 10,000 miles an hour on that one. And, uh, if you guys have caught up on We the Gamer Cast from last week, Jason Lacey and I, we just, we kind of went for it. I actually still have, this is, I really need to clean up around here. I've been a little busy. I still have a little, a little bit of my, my rum and coke. <laughs> 
<laughs> still left over. Uh, that was that was from an embarrassing number of nights ago. So Jason, he mentioned to me. I hope this is okay to share. I, I and I because I agree. He's like, man, it's too busy. We got so many things going on because I think we could make some amazing content together. And I agree. That would be we got to work on that. We we could find we could find something. I'm sure because I really enjoyed hanging out with Jason and. Uh, Maybe maybe we'll do a flux deposed revisit. Maybe who knows? Who knows what will happen? But thank you to everybody for very kind words too. I was uh, not worried, but long episodes are are tough to fit into the to the uh, to the rotation. Especially if you're just listening to stuff on Make Is Better. There's a whole bunch of stuff coming out from this group of um, amazing people. It's it's hard for me to even keep up. So I understand. I was a little. Little, I was just, I was just thinking about it. But if you're new, here's the deal. Every week I have sweet hangs with a stranger from the internet and we talk about video games. And if you want to be part of the show, tweet at me at Sean Capri, Sean like Connor Capri like the pants. I actually have a couple weeks cleared up here, guys. I've had kind of for a while, I've had quite a few months just like booked up and it's looking pretty open now. So I'd like to maybe arrange for a couple weeks in a row. It's about that time, everybody. And we are creeping up on E3. So we may be doing some, not we may, we will definitely be doing those those predictions episodes very soon, probably start scheduling those pretty quickly. Uh, I want to give a shout out, a shout out to the Mega Dads because I will be the producer pop-in uh, probably any day now if uh, memory serves and if uh, actually if, if history will repeat itself. The Mega Dads episode will probably drop the same day as this. And uh, if you guys haven't checked out the Mega Dads, add it to the list. Make sure you do it. One of my favorite shows. It's just once a month. It's easy to commit. Just just go over Mega Dads on iTunes and, and whatever. Um, I want to. Uh, what else do I want to say to you guys? I hope you're doing well. I hope today is a is a happy day. Hope the weather is better for you than it is for me. Uh, if for all those who supported the Chicken Wiggle Kickstarter, you guys all know that we got another Switch game coming, and I am totally stoked. For the Kickstarter, this is the first one I've ever backed. Uh, Jules Watchem, of course, our friend from Atui. Um, I've been just buying pretty much everything that he's been putting out these days, and kick and the the Kickstarter was was a no brainer for me. So I'm totally stoked about that. As we record, they're about a thousand dollars over their their goal. A couple more days left, so they may be hitting some of those those stretch goals. Did I mention that we have more stuff coming to make us better? Did I did I say that already? Because Nintendo Nostalgia and Warp Whistle officially, as of right now, part of the Make Us Better. I know we said Warp Whistle last month, but Mark didn't get any money last month. <laughs> he was still shutting down his patron Patreon. So this month, out of the Make Us Better pot is this, if we ran Nintendo, Bad Big Games, Trophy Room, Nintendo Nostalgia, Warp Whistle Podcast, Warp Whistle Gaming, all the dailies. It's all supported thanks to you guys. So April is a big, big month. And we really do. I'm not even just saying this. I, I hope to have even more coming. I I think we're on to something here. Before we get to my chat with Thomas King, we are about to geek out, everybody. We we dedicated an entire show to geek outs this time. We're going to talk about some Age of Empires. We're going to talk about uh, some Dungeons and Dragons, really. is and, and hardcore games. Holy crap. Thomas is on a totally another level. Um, you can follow him at GameStom underscore UD, but I want to let you guys know, and you can, you can maybe sway me one way or another. You may have seen, I posted in the super indie central Facebook group. The link is in the notes that I'm considering trading in my Xbox one S this right here and my PS4, the destiny white one, my two white remaining. Are those the only ones I have that are white. I guess so. So I'm, I'm thinking about trading in two 
two of my consoles towards a PS4 Pro, which is kind of nuts that that actually won't even get me there. As far as I can tell, there's a there's a deal for uh, for PS4s for 200 bucks I can get for that. So that gets me about halfway there. And I'm not sure. I don't know if maybe I'll sell this the Xbox privately or whatever, but I just feel like I should have it. And maybe that's not the best way to make decisions. I'm curious if you guys have a PS4. Uh, join the Discord group. Join the Facebook group. Get in there. Let me know what you guys think. If you have a pro or if you, if you can convince me otherwise, I'm up for it. But none of that fanboy stuff. I don't want any of the fanboy stuff. I like the PS4. I'm enjoying it. Um, I would actually like my PS4 to actually uh, eject. That would be great. I had to put a tape. It's a whole other thing. So I'm considering that. Playing some more Far Cry 5. You guys can watch me play that at YouTube.com slash WeTheNerdy. Pretty often. Also, Chris Berto playing Gears of War, Cuphead. Just killing Cuphead, by the way. Congrats, Chris Berto. I think that's good, guys. Why don't we just go ahead and get right into it? My guest this week is Thomas King. I want to thank Mitch Power for linking us up, man. I don't even know what ended up happening. At one point, Mitch was looking for some guests, and I put out a tweet, and then Thomas and him connected, and they did the thing. Uh, Growing Up Gaming is that show. And then, and then this happened. It's just sort of like this magical world of, of internet and podcasting and, and magical friendships. Here's a good one for you guys. Here he is, Thomas King. Dude, I went to town yesterday. By the way, there, this is pretty much the show, so I feel like we could probably just like roll into this. Um, there's I'm no intro or anything like that. Um, I, I went to Walmart yesterday. I needed to pick up just a little, little can of like crappiest primer paint I could find. And I'm like, oh, in between the entrance and the paint section is the video game section. Let's, uh, and I don't even like really buy physical stuff anymore. And I don't, I have like more than enough controllers. I don't need anything. There's no reason for me to go there, but there's the amiibo section and there's the, there's the Lego dimension clearance section because that game is going to hell oh yeah for sure my my little brother had that for a minute and i remember when i was at when i was at home mm-hmm. there was just all those all those toys were just everywhere the right. house was just littered with them mm-hmm. yeah man I, oh so like when i was a kid i'll get back to the story in a second but speaking of yeah. lego like at some point we just didn't even like actually at no point we we never really had like an actual set like we saw the other kids get like these star wars sets and like whatever like the actual take these parts and build this thing we just had a giant bucket of lego yeah and then we would just be idiot kids who like if we had a piece that didn't like fit the way that we wanted to we would break it in half or take off like try and take scissors to it and kind of clip off it's like oh this piece is too long let's let's break it it was literally like make what you want do what you want. I think Lego was the wrong toy for us in the end, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's probably other things that are a little more malleable, and Lego is pretty specific. They're like, hmm, this thing doesn't have the holes on the on the side or on the back of it. Maybe I'll just, like, take tape or stick it together. Like, we got a little too, a little too creative, and there were four of us, so my parents were just like, oh, I just need a nap. <laughs> <laughs> I could imagine. Oh, my God. I cannot imagine with four kids, dude. Like, seriously. Even just, Ooh. like, one is, like, this is... I, I'm actually way more, like, eventually we will have more. Um, I'm way more scared for the second one than I ever was what's, for the first one. Well, so so what's the, what's the goal with kids? Like, how many are you trying to have? 
Mm. Is there like a set goal for that? Or is it just like, once I get tired enough, I'm just going to stop. I think that's, I think that's usually the way that the dads feel. Um, <laughs> my, my wife and I very early on agreed to three and then one came along and then it was kind of like, okay, let's see how two goes. Let's At least in my, in my mind, I'm like, we have to get to two before we get to three. Uh, but she's still set on, on three plus. So we'll oh, see. We'll goodness. see. Like, I know. <laughs> I might have to, I, I don't, I don't even want to joke about the self mutilation, but maybe just, <laughs> did you ever hear the Mountain Dew was like, uh, it, it killed sperm? Did you, was that ever a rumor that you heard growing up? Oh, with the, um, what was it? The yellow four or whatever inside? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So there's actually some form of legitimacy. Yeah. It was, like... uh, it was Mountain Dew and it was the yellow Gatorade. Oh, yeah. I didn't hear that. Oh, I yeah, might be really screwed the same... then. <laughs> Clearly, I'm not though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, you're doing. I think you're doing all right so far. Doing, doing. Apparently, the coffee doesn't do it. Um, I don't know. I don't know what the what the trick is. Nothing. does My it. parents had four kids, so I was bound to be. I don't know. Fertile is that the word? That's a weird word. I think to say. I, th- I think that's the word. But it's, it was just it was slightly uncomfortable when you said it. Yeah, I, I, I tend to I tend to do that. Okay, so uh, Walmart. Uh, <laughs> oh spent, yeah, Walmart. I spent yeah. I spent eighty dollars on Lego Dimensions on clearance. This stuff was half off, and wow. I and I was just like, I saw one thing. I was kind of passing by. I saw Detective Pikachu, which I put in my cart, and then I immediately put back when I realized this thing was forty dollars Canadian. Whoa. Like, I don't really even like Pikachu that much. Like I, I like the look of him. I think he's hilarious and he's giant. And I, and I love, I was watching Joe after work play on his Twitch channel and I thought it was hilarious, but that was a little pricey. So I put him back in the effort of being frugal and mindful of my money. And then I just sort of put in like piece after piece of Lego dimensional. I, I saw the back to the future one. Ooh, we got to have that one. And then there's the portal one, and then there was the Simpsons one, and then there's E.T., and then there's, like, this story pack, like, like Ghostbusters. Oh, man. What the hell's wrong with me? Nothing. That's, that's, perfectly, that's a perfectly good use of your money, I think. Well, I, that Back actually, to the Future and Portal and Simpsons that's and E.T.? All 50% off, by the way. So I probably should have awesome. spent $160. Do you ever do No, anything? but 80 is good. 80s, 80s good. I still felt kind of bad about it. And then I got home and I sheepishly put everything on the counter. I'm like, I went to my wife. And I'm like, I, I kind of spent a lot of money. And she's like, well, how much is a lot? Like, how much? I'm like, like, like $80. And she's like, oh, that's okay. Like, look at all this stuff you got. I'm like, man, I I totally lucked out. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I'm thinking in my head, like, I'm, I'm walking home and I'm like, I'm going to have to just, I don't know why I don't just go back into the store and I return this or I'm going to like have to mow some lawns or something. I'm going to have to earn some <laughs> You're wait. You're waiting to get yelled at by your wife, so it kind of validates. Like I should go return this right now. Seriously, kind of deal. I was I was waiting to yell at myself. To be honest, I wasn't <laughs> even like I. She never really. I honestly can't remember the last time that I bought something. She's like, you probably shouldn't have done that. Like we we are so aligned. We were very lucky in that way. But I'm curious. I, I keep talking, Thomas. I'm curious about yeah. you, man. I, now that we're kind of topping on the topic of um, just random spending or overspending. Sure. How like do do you have a particular budget for video games? Do you overspend? Do you find yourself doing silly things like that? Because I I try to be frugal, and then all of a sudden it's just like I let loose. Oh um yeah, see I'll go like I'll go like months at a time without spending anything on them, mm-hmm. and um especially for me because I just got a PC. I've always been a console Ooh. gamer. Um I was a PC gamer when I was younger. Me too. Um 
And then, like, I kind of eventually played Age of Empires for, like, seven years. So I was like, okay, I got to get on a different game at this point. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, but now I find myself, like, going on Steam and, like, oh, man, this is off and this is off. I'll just, like, buy a whole bunch of stuff. Mm -hmm. And I think it was was two weeks ago I bought – I bought Dark Souls 3, I bought StarCraft, uh, Subnautica, uh, oh. Desolate, uh, mm-hmm. like I, I spent like a good like 100 something dollars on games in like 20 minutes. Yep. <laughs> You're like, oh, I'll just, I'll just pick up one thing. Oh, wait, look yeah. at that. Yeah. I'll just add it because it doesn't cost anything to add it to the cart. Let's just see what happens. <laughs> it's what it's checking that good. card out. Is that's the difference? It feels it feels nice to just load up on that. I love that you mentioned StarCraft and Age of Empires in the first ten minutes of this thing. Oh yeah, man, that was my life. Are you kidding me? Oh, I, could, I love it. Yes. If you give me ten minutes, I will say every audible like term from Age of Empires that you could actually have. Nice man. Did you check out the <laughs> definitive edition that came out this year? Yes, I did. How I only I didn't put that much time into it actually. I played it for a couple days. And then just kind of like kept going. I was like, oh, this this feels fun. Did you get right back? Because I was never 100% into it. StarCraft was my jam. I was like, oh, Age of Empires is really sweet, but it's still not StarCraft. So when I revisited it, it was very similar experience for me. Yeah, I dove. I dove right into it because oh. um, Age of Empires like speaks to me on multiple levels. It's a game and I'm, I'm uh, somewhat of a history buff. Okay. So that like... But the thing is, I never really play the campaigns. I don't. I just sit there and I'll play like, like I'll match myself against four computers, so it's four v one, and and I'll try to see how long I can last on the hardest difficulty. And it's never really that long. I just get wiped out in about twenty minutes. Mm-hmm. But it's still so much fun. Good it's Lord. such a solid. It's such a. I remember looking at it going. Oh well, that's the future of graphics. Like I'm sitting here playing <laughs> Warcraft two, and then Age of Empires comes out. Look how realistic this thing is, and and you chop down the trees, and you can actually see like that individual tree fall over instead of just like this this batch of forest that they sort of like take out. That was that was an yeah. Attention instead to detail. of instead of it going from like standing up, and then all of a sudden it's just on the floor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I love that. <laughs> so how has the return to PC gaming been going? Like why um, and why? Um. All right, I. I did it strictly. I actually bought a computer strictly because of working purposes, oh, okay. but it's now it's turned into my gaming machine. I love like I'm, I'm kind of a little upset. My PS4 is just sitting. I feel like it's crying every night because I'm I'm only using it for Netflix now. <laughs> <laughs> so there's and I'm I'm sitting here like like drudging through Dark Souls and Subnautica like pretty hard. Mm-hmm. But it's, oh my god, I love it! I, I got myself. I even got myself a, an Xbox Elite controller just just for the computer. That was going to be my question. Oh what yeah, are you using for a controller, yeah. Oh yeah, because I hate I and I know I'm going to drive people nuts, but I hate keyboard and mouse. It is a disaster, and I don't understand it. I don't think you'll make people that upset. I think most people understand. As soon as as soon as you were able to start using console controllers on a PC, PC gamers sort of lost that right to be upset about it. Like it's not it's not the purest thing that you used to have, or at least you'd have like. Remember, did you ever? Okay, because you played PC back in the day. Like I had the Microsoft Sidewinder gamepad and the joystick. Like, did you have anything? Oh yeah, like I had a. Uh, because I had um, it wasn't Ace Combat. It was um. Oh. It was uh no, I had the uh I don't know if you remember the really really shitty version of the Ind- Independence Day video game on the PC. <laughs> no way. Yeah, it was it was terrible. So I bought I bought a whole stick just for that game. No way. And I need it to was that up. It was really bad. It was just really bad. Like what kind it, of, like what was it like? I'm just it imagining was a, one battle, like basically the thing that Star Fox 64 ripped off. 
It's pretty much like that, except you're basically you're it's uh you're going after the mothership the whole time, and all you're doing is trying to take down the shields. It's not even like <laughs> it's a, there's like nothing else to it. Like, yeah, it's just so bad, and the controls were god awful. It felt like it, it, it felt like I was flying a spaceship version of Superman from Superman sixty four. That's what it oh, felt. Oh, there like. it is. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's that's setting the bar pretty low, man. What <laughs> does anybody even play with a joystick anymore? And I don't mean that in the weird way. Uh, like, but seriously, <laughs> like when was I? I used to remember because I used to have PC gamer magazines all the time, and it was always this game is best played with a joystick. I knew friends who would play first person shooters with joysticks because they're insane. But like, that's it weird. just seems like we just sort of default to to the console controllers now. Yeah, if, I mean, unless you're unless you're playing with a uh, a fight pad. And you're playing oh, Street good Fighter one. or something. That's the only thing I could see is a joystick. I can't wrap my brain around a fight pad, man. <laughs> I just can't. I know they're they're so amazing. Like they, and they feel good. I just don't feel accurate with them. It feels like this this thing is just like bouncing around in my hand, and my fingers aren't like dexterous enough to figure. Like I'm like one button at a time. But a lot of people are kind of like index fingered or middle finger for the different. I don't even know that. It's like they're playing piano. Oh yeah. Hand. When you first hit that thing, you feel like you need to be an octopus. And it's like, I can't do this. <laughs> Wasn't that the whole deal with um, with, Star, with uh, Star Wars pod racers? Was humans couldn't operate them because they, they didn't have enough limbs or something like that. Yeah. Or they didn't have the mental capacity. But like Anakin, he's Anakin so powerful could. with the force. Yeah. It didn't look that hard. It didn't. In the movies, it definitely didn't. It looked dangerous. It just like... He looked like he was just holding on to two levers the entire time. I know they should. <laughs> it's like, wait, how? It's like, it's like, wait, how stupid or incapable do you think we are as humans right. to just hold on to something for an hour? Like, I don't get it. That did not hold up at all. <laughs> like, like most of the prequels, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. You, <laughs> do you feel like some of those plot holes are making their way bleeding over into the uh, into this latest trilogy, though? Oh God. Um... I have so much to say on this, but I, I don't want to get into that. <laughs> I had a feeling you might. We got time. Um, I don't think so. Okay. I think I think I actually think this trilogy is uh, so far is shaping up to be really good, mm-hmm. and breaking away from that mold that the other two trilogies kind of set into place is awesome. Yeah, I think I think they're doing the right thing with it so far. It's almost like I guess it, it's it's almost too bad that they had to use up an entire like number like like force awakens being number seven mm. had to work sort of reset it would almost have been really great to have somewhere in between like a 6.5 reset so that you have because they've basically taken two movies to set the new direction right in a sense <clears throat> so now anybody can have the force like that would have been that would have been good a movie ago i feel and sort of spoilers i get ah we're not really gonna get into too much spoilers for this yeah but, yeah but yeah basically the the lesson is you don't have to be like a descendant of a Jedi, I guess. To well, I think I think what more they were hinting at is you don't have to be a Skywalker because well, yeah, it just seems like Skywalkers are just like yeah, they're like they just are the heroes of the galaxy, and it's like I kind of understand what they wanted to do because the Force, like you can't really train yourself as any kind of being to just learn the Force. The Force chooses you. That's kind of the whole thing mm-hmm. behind it. So I thought it was. Pr- and I know exactly what you're talking about. You're talking about that one specific uh, broomstick kid, right? Yep. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. And um, 
Like, I mean, I thought it was I thought it was great. Uh, 6.5 would have been awesome, though, like kind mm-hmm. of an in-between of where Luke Skywalker was and what he was doing and kind exactly. of how it all led to that. That would have been but great. My worry is that now they'll do it, but like now I don't want it. I would have wanted it before as sort of like a almost it could have been like a man. This I don't even know where I want to go with this because as soon as I say like they could have done it before, I start to think of Final Fantasy fifteen where they did the King's Glaive and you're like, if you don't watch that, then you don't really know what's going on. Like how pivotal do you make that sort of almost optional? It's sort of like books in a way where you don't really get an appreciation for the entire canon without reading the books, but then not everybody's reading that. So how much do you lean into that? Like the scene with with Kylo where he's where he's topless and he's all greased up and everything apparently yeah. is like. There's there's a reason for it. Do you know about this? No, I didn't. I thought it was just uh just like sweaty woman desires sexual. or something. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I may be wrong about this, but I was. I'll just perpetuate this totally. Maybe unfounded truth. Apparently, there's something to do in Sith lore or something where where you punish yourself to like generate hate and you make yourself more powerful or something like that. So apparently, he was doing that. Apparently he was like hitting himself or or something. Oh wow! So I don't know. Maybe maybe I should probably Google that at some point instead of just like that, telling people that. Is that in one of the books or comics or uh, apparently some, somewhere? I, I can't remember who told somebody. Somebody who's listening has told me that for sure. So hopefully they can <laughs> they can remind me. But we I want confirmation. I, I figured that you would have a couple things to say about Star Wars only because there's this like weird assumption that anybody who likes dungeons and dragons has a deep knowledge of basically all things nerdy so i wanted to jump into your your oh. your D man because i am <laughs> i am a foreigner in the world of D and I don't i don't get it where where did things start for uh for you with dungeons and dragons and explain to an outsider what the hell is this okay so i i actually may be the like the perfect person to explain this to you because i, you I got i got into D D like three years ago. Oh, nice. Not, so I, I kind of, uh, I had that stigma, I guess, as a gamer, as most gamers do. It's like, we're nerdy, but we're not that nerdy to play Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> That's like, not that where was... I'm coming from. I'm too stupid. Oh, you're just too, too complicated. Okay. I'm too dumb. <laughs> it's definitely not too complicated, man. Okay. If you know any any type of fantasy lore, it is pretty much either stemmed from Lord of the Rings or D&D. Right. So if you know one of those, you could learn the other instantly. Mm-hmm. Um, here's my so, thing with it, I guess. So I don't, I want to get to your origin story too, but my thing, and maybe you can dispel this. It seems like it's pretty made up on the spot where you're kind of like, I'll roll the dice and then I move over here. And then I guess you're drawing a wall around my character. And by the way, you're squished by a boulder and you're dead. Game over. <laughs> like, all I, right. <laughs> so only half of that is true. Okay. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, so like your your DM or your dungeon master or your game master, whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. he plans out a world. Now he can only plan it out so much because and I learned this my first day uh being a DM. I made this whole grand story. I gave my players like all these options, and we started the game, and within five minutes of the game, they completely derailed everything I had set for them. Nice going. Like, just just gone. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I don't know what to do. And it is kind of uh, made up on the spot. You need to be able to improvise very well. Otherwise, like, your players are going to get uninterested. The story may suck. Like, you don't know. Mm-hmm. But that's like, that's like half the fun of it because you can only, pre- <laughs> you can only prepare so much for the insanity that your players are going to do. Like, mm-hmm. ugh. And, um, <clears throat> I mean, it's, it's more like 
I want to say it's writing, but it's like a free form version of writing. Okay. Some something along those lines. It's just awesome fun, man. So then like how do you how do you go from like creating a story, you have it in you do you just have it, the whole thing in your mind? Like I don't even understand how that oh. how it, how it rolls out. Okay, so yeah, some people do theater of the mind. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of the older the uh, older players do that. So they just basically talk out everything, all the actions between battles, uh, going into a shop and buying a potion, mm-hmm. uh, interacting with an NPC. They all do that um, theater of the mind. Right. But uh, what me and my game do specifically is we build environments. So when we go into a battle, we have this huge like uh, like for instance, this coming week. Um, we're doing a battle in like a cathedral. So we have like broken down walls and like these mirrors coming up and mm-hmm. they're all it basically just looks like Final Fantasy tactics on your table. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, exactly. So, okay. I I can like and every time somebody explains it to me like there's nothing in there's no I never had the action of going that doesn't sound good to me. That 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 actually sounds incredible and the best thing about people who play D&D especially if you're a DM like the creativity is off the charts. Like that's the thing that I feel like I'm not there yet to even like, and I, it's sort of, I can't remember if I've made this to some, or this comparison before, but it seems like ski jumping to me. Like, I just don't understand how you get started. It seems so hardcore. How do you do ski jumping for the first time? And you're like, that's, that's a hundred feet into the distance and you're like thousands of feet in the air. I don't know how you try that. And you, know, you just, it's die. one of those things like, you just got to do it, I guess. I guess so. Try it and see how it goes and hope you don't break your leg. Well, I guess it's sort of like your first experience as a, as a dungeon master master where like they kind of like did it break the game in a way or, or was it just sort of dissatisfying for you because you had all these plans and like, no, we're going to go over here and, and ruin it for you. <laughs> so it was it was a little weird for me because I was like, I just like spent weeks on this shit and you guys just totally destroyed it within like 30 seconds. So do you keep the story or the game or whatever and then try to tweak it or did you, did you scrap that and start over? Because it's so like a lot of work. It's um, it's actually not once you – like it's – that's what it seemed like when I was at the table because I was like, oh, man, I really don't know what to do now. I'd be sweating. Yeah, and I was – but I quickly like – I quickly realized I was like, okay, this is the story the, – the, the players dictate the story and mm-hmm. you cre- you kind of create what happens around it. Okay. So in, instead of focusing on specific acts – so basically what had happened was I had them all meet in a town square. Mm-hmm. This was literally the first session. So they hadn't even met each other yet. Um, They got to the town square and there was a man being hung for a crime. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, all right, in a a couple minutes, this guy is going to get hung and I'm going to have some bandits swoop in and attack them. Perfect. No problem. They start questioning why this man is being hung. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just just like I I already already I'm like, I'm not prepared for this at all. They're sitting Mm -hmm. there. I have the, the cleric and the paladin. Because they're so they're so good and they're so they're lawful good. They're like, why why is he being hung? What crime did he commit? And I have to play the executioner, being like, it's none of your business. Mind your mind your own business. Get out of here. Oh, you do the voices and everything. Oh oh yeah, man. I role play to the extreme. I love it. Okay okay. See, this is another thing. Like, I don't know that I could commit to a voice for that long. Oh it it <laughs> it it seems so a little impressive. cumbersome. It seems yeah. cumbersome, but it's really fun after a while. Yeah. So like then what I, did you, what were you able to come up with on this? Because that's the thing, like every, people are going to question and from, like as a dungeon master, it's not even just creating the game. It's, it's 
trying to understand all the different types of characters that can populate the world and their role playing as well. So it's not even that you have to think of my friend John and what he would ask, but like he's, it's not John anymore. He's playing this character. He's going to think, like you said, like as a lawful good or a neutral, whatever, like, yeah. <laughs> I don't even know the rest. Of <laughs> a good friend of mine, uh, Sylvius the Mad, he, his, uh, bio, bio Twitter, a Twitter bio is actually a, let me see what I, if I could find it here. Does he it's have an a, alignment on his on his Twitter? Yeah, he does. Like he's he 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 knows like off by heart various versions of uh, Dungeons and Dragons. He's um oh he changed it oh no oh that's ruined. I'm gonna have to bug him about that. It's oh, it's always it's always anymore. it goes um it basically goes left to right. So it's lawful good, neutral good, chaotic good. Yeah, no, I think I, it, it might have been lawful good actually. Now that, it sounds familiar. Yeah, lawful. He's a goody goody. Hmm. But he's not. That's not it then. We'll have to find out. He's been on the show, actually. He's he's on very, very early on, back in the day when I was still even trying to figure out what the hell this thing even was. <laughs> so how, does all this, because I feel like people who are playing Dungeons & Dragons, people who are, are creative, it's very easy to then just kind of make the jump over into podcasting and content creation and things like that. Was one before the other, like was D&D first and then you started jumping into podcasting and streaming and stuff like that? And or how did that all start for actually podcasting, like like gaming and stuff and then yeah. all that? Yeah. No, I did. Um, I started podcasting much earlier than I did um, playing okay. D&D. Yeah. Um, it just seems like especially nowadays, it seems like a natural progression for D&D players to like stream podcast whatever mm-hmm. and uh and actually vice versa i've seen a lot of people uh, a lot of podcasters a lot of streamers they're picking up D to try it out right well, it seems, and, uh, maybe because it's, it just seems to be getting more and more popular outside of the outside of the basement really yeah it really is <laughs> <laughs> coming to you live from mom's basement yeah but not not just mom's basement we're gonna move up and get our own basements and we're gonna yeah. invite our people yeah we don't have mom telling us to go to bed anymore we can do what <laughs> yeah, we want <laughs> i mean um critical role is just so damn popular at this yeah. point like i i think i was reading the numbers a couple weeks ago you're talking about between Twitch and YouTube, they have 120,000 people viewing their streams live. That's insane. Every, every Thursday. And then their YouTube videos get a, like close to a million views every single week. So That's crazy. Because it, it doesn't seem – because like are they the only ones or the, the – like being the first mover on this is massive. Well, I mean they're not the only ones but they are – I guess they're lucky. I don't know. Yeah. They, they played as friends before. Mm-hmm. And uh, do you know the story of Critical Role at all? I've seen like very, very cursory. Just um, they did a crossover with kind of funny a while back. Yeah. And yes. I, that was kind of my, oh, this is what Critical Role is. And they may have been at Comic Con a couple years ago. I was at San Diego Comic Con, I think it was 2015. And there was a geek and sundry kind of thing just off to the side. They were at the, they were at the baseball stadium. And okay. I feel like they were there or some of those, pe- some of those guys were there. Um, but yeah, very, very just kind of like, I'm aware of them. I know that they're the big deal. Um, I've seen a couple of their, a couple of their videos, but I just kind of got a little uncomfortable with the voices to be honest. with you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, they're hilarious. Like, like, uh, I always think of Grog, Grog, Grog Strongjaw. Yeah. I like me some ale. I like women and gold and that shit like Travis Willingham really doing good. that is, is just epic. Like mm-hmm. you're t- like, and everybody, everybody knows a voice that's been in, in critical role. Like you've heard oh. them. 
like you know those voices because uh, Travis Willingham and Laura Bailey were both in Full Metal Alchemist. Yeah. Um, and Laura Bailey's in like everything all the time forever. Hang on, is Laura Bailey part of Critical <clears throat> Role? Yeah, she is. Okay, this is I just des- described to you the the spectrum of my knowledge. Yeah, like, yeah, I know of them. I've seen a video. Did not. I don't even know if Laura Bailey was in that video. Is <laughs> she saw- still doing stuff with them? Oh yeah, she's she's married to Travis Willingham, and they do they do Critical Role together every week. Okay, I'm blown away. This is incredible. See, I saw how narrow the scope was, and then I just saw it get blown wide open. Right, or just like the, <laughs> the doors cracked open. You're like, boom, kick it open. Yeah, yeah. Laura Bailey, like, yeah, she's oh, wow. in that. Um, oh, wow. I think I everybody knows. I think at this point, everyone knows Matthew Mercer. Um, mm-hmm. I would assume, anyways, from Titanfall. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's in the Dragon Ball Super uh, English dub. Like I didn't know he I've, was in that actually. Oh yeah, he. Um, do you do you watch Super at all? I I, I watch a couple with my brother. I don't apparently okay. just finished up. Yeah, the... he he comes in in the English the English dub. Uh, he mm-hmm. plays a character. His name is Hit. Okay. And so he, which was awesome when I found out because I started watching it like a couple weeks ago and I got to the episode where he shows up. I'm like, oh shit, that's Matthew Mercer. This is awesome. And you just like, recognize it like that. Where are you watching Fred, it, by the way? Is everybody watching it on like the same illegal website that I've seen it on? That no, YouTube. I mean, if you if you're like the super run that just finished in Japanese, yeah, it was. It's always available on YouTube the night. So the night it drops on Saturdays in Japan. I gotta kick uh, my brother in the teeth. He's yeah, showing you... me this website. I don't want any. I don't want in my house at all. I I don't. I've stopped. Like, I don't know, man. Like the days of Napster and LimeWire and everything else like that. Like those are long gone for me. There is no way I'm risking everything. Like this whole setup on. Like I'll just wait oh, yeah. for things to be legal. I have I have no need. I've got enough to do uh, <laughs> that. I don't need to like race out and get things that are illegal. This is on YouTube. What the heck, man? Yeah. Well, I watched I watched it all on YouTube, and then I I found out about Verve. Um, and I, so I got Verve for like $6 a month, which is like, dude, it's so good. It's like Toei animation, fun, funimation. Mm -hmm. You get, you get rooster teeth, geek and sundry. You could watch everything on there. Snap. Yeah. It's really good. Um, yeah. And that's now that's why I'm watching, I'm rewatching the whole series in the English dub now Mm -hmm. just because I can't wait a year for them to return. I do really <laughs> enjoy watching things just in the, in the Japanese. And then the, I don't, I don't mind the subtitles. Like I, I just think the acting, if I can even, can you, is it okay for an English speaking, like a non-Japanese person to, to uh, assess the acting in a language that you don't understand, but it does seem like the acting is more convincing. Is that weird? I mean, some, I could totally see where you're coming from though. Yeah. I get it because, um, like just even specifically, I mean, everybody loves Sean Shemmel and the English voice of Goku, but mm-hmm. like in the Japanese, it just seems way more intense. Like well, just way more intense. Like when when you're in those battle moments, it just fits better for some reason. And it's kind of like this weird Bart Simpson thing when you realize that's not a that's not a man. Like that's not a man doing yeah. the, boy, the boy's voice. Like, I, yep. and I haven't seen a picture of the lady who does Goku's voice in Japanese, but like I really like to picture. Oh, she looks just like him. Oh, get out of here, really? No, no, I'm just messing with oh, you. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but I like to picture like this almost like Splinter from the Ninja Turtles. Like just like really <laughs> small and shriveled. We got like this this rope because that's kind of what my grandma looked like, actually. Just like this kind of frizzly gray hair. And uh it just all of a sudden gets lets loose in the sound with just ha ha I just love yeah, it, right? man. I love that voice. I, I pretty can much only anything in Japanese. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. It just gets so like it's so funny because 
I'm just imagining her like screaming in the booth mm-hmm. at all times, just like what, especially when you turn into a Super Saiyan yep. or like a Super Saiyan God, and it's like ah, and they just go crazy. Mm-hmm. Like I remember hearing stories about um the English the English voice actors passing out from when they had no to turn way. Super Saiyan. Yeah, uh, Chris Sabat and Sean Shamel both both said on multiple occasions when they had to record turning Super Saiyan, they would pass out. <laughs> that's so that's so insane that's awesome i mean and, and, like i hope they're healthy and okay but <laughs> like think about that for a second who else would do that for their mm-hmm. job like make a conscious decision to be like okay i'm gonna go into the booth and pass out today mm-hmm. like it's it just gonna so happen hard. also they weren't passing out for like anything less than super saiyan like that's yeah. also the best part of the story is like <laughs> it's a regular like power up like whatever this is gonna last me four episodes i'm good super saiyan Okay, we're taking it – like literally they're taking it up to another level. They actually all just right. run out of oxygen. They're going to be like, all right, guys, we got to get Sean a pillow and some water and give him some breathing room for 15 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm rushing in with an oxygen tank just so I can record <laughs> this this cartoon dub as well. But you'll, you probably never heard of the, the, the Japanese voice actors uh, ever pass it. They're, they're just stronger and better than us. I think naturally. so. Naturally. I believe mm-hmm. it. Yeah, they're bred for this shit. <laughs> That's hilarious, man. So are you streaming as well then? Like, are you streaming video games? Or are you streaming? Are you guys doing? Because you got a, is it, whose setup have I been looking at? Is that your basement? Who's, you got a whole bunch of people doing some stuff with a table and a camera in front of it. Tell me about this, uh, the setup that you've got. Oh, um, oh boy. Uh, so I have, I have a, a collaboration, I, I guess. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's a whole team. We're nice. doing a website. Um. So we're trying to marry the the nerddoms of gaming and tabletop together. Okay. To do it in one spot. So my my actual apartment right now isn't really even my apartment. It just looks like a studio. Sweet. <laughs> like covered That's awesome. in covered in soundproofing and there's like mics and cameras and gaff tape everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, we're trying to uh actually we're going to be streaming a D&D game once a week. We're going to be doing a podcast once a week. And um, a whole bunch of other fun stuff, dude. That's awesome. Where can yeah. people Where can people find all that stuff while we're talking? We'll get a, we get a quick plug at the end as well. But where is yeah, there uh, is there a place? It's gonna be uh, so it's not up yet, but it will be up next month. Sticksandcrits.com. That is and, a great name, right? And it, that just happened by chance because we were uh, we actually had a name, and I mm-hmm. went to go buy it, and I found the domain name was purchased, and I was like, damn. So then we literally put this name together in five minutes and we're like, this sounds, this sounds really good. Those like are the it, best ones. Yeah. Yeah. And it worked out really well. Um, yeah. The website, YouTube, we're going to have YouTube, Twitch and Mixer and it's all going to be sticks and crits. Mm-hmm. That's awesome, man. Yeah. I love that. Um, you, so tell me a little bit. I wanted to know because I don't know if people can hear it in, in the voice, but you were from, you're from Queens. Can you hear it in my voice? A little Is bit, it... just 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 a little bit. I don't think that I would have put it together just on its own, but I saw that and then I and then I hear it and it's like there's because I, I talked to I think enough people from in and around that area. I'm like I can pick pick that up a little bit. Um, I wanted to know kind of what if if any at all identifiable nerd culture is there in and around you? Like is that is is Queens known for? A particular thing and then you're outside of that or is there is there a good geek community in in and around you um oh that is a good question actually um i would say that there is a growing D community here yep. right now um especially there's there's a couple of stores that have opened up 
and like one mainstay that's been here. There used to be a huge like tournament fighting scene in oh. in uh in Astoria specifically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they had a they had a um they had two stores and they were really huge. They hosted tournaments legitimately every single week. So you would go to one store one week and one store the other week. Yeah. Uh, Smash, Street Fighter, Mortal Kombat, like everything. Oh, Mortal Kombat! I love yeah. it. Oh, dude, yeah. that game is so awesome. It, it really. My friend is my one friend is obsessed with it, and I mm-hmm. I play Street Fighter. So whenever I go over, he's like, "Let's play Mortal Kombat." I'm like, "You know, you're just gonna beat me because I play Street Fighter." So what's the point? Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> and as kids, like when we played it at first, we were like, "Well, I know these are different." But it doesn't really matter, like, because I just want to play something where I can rip somebody's heart out of their chest and then, like, oh, hold yeah. it up into the sky because that's awesome. But, like, <laughs> as we started to dive more and more into it, those games, they look so similar, became, like, we started analyzing them. Where, mm-hmm. like, they're they're actually not really anything alike at all. And now that the games have been iterated upon, you know, one after another and we're, gosh, 20 or 30 years from the first ones... Like, they're yeah, way, way different. But I remember thinking, like, well, they're just fighting. Like, all fighting games are the same. Oh, God, that's so wrong. I mean, now right? we know that's so wrong. Mm-hmm. Like, they, like, I feel like as it went on, too, they just diverged even further from each other. Exactly. As each, as each iteration came. Like, mm-hmm. whoa. Especially well, now, like. Swords and stuff where, like, Killer Instinct came around and had just, like, combos and combo breakers. That wasn't really a thing in, in Street Fighter Cut at all. Combo breaker. Oh, so good. <laughs> and the and the soundtracks. Oh, remember getting a soundtrack with with the games? They're oh wow, that's, that's old school stuff. Yeah, <laughs> dude, that's awesome. Oh, I don't know why you just reminded me of this, but um, um, I just remembered the. Do you remember the demo discs that would come for like PlayStation and stuff? Dude, yeah, man. Oh my god, Tony Hawk Pro Skater for like as long as I could on that mm-hmm. one level. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there was there was one episode of this show. It was very early on. Uh, James Michael Ajeski, if he still listens, I hope you're doing good, dude. Uh, he reminded me of these discs that came with PC Gamer, and they had they were it was sort of like the whole thing was hosted by this coconut monkey thing. And it was so strange. I hope somebody out there remembers the coconut monkey. He was this weird weird dude. You could like play these little games, and he would you could. Um, you could explore this. There was so much effort put into CDs back. I had this Aerosmith CD. You could go in and play basically as like Guitar Hero, but like back what? in like 1997. Yeah, man, you could. Uh, and if you screwed up, uh, Joe Perry, one of the guitarists, would say, "Hey, man, that sucked pretty bad." And we would go <laughs> in and we found all the different sound files. It would just be WAV files. This thing was playing off of, uh, and we'd go in and we would pull those off of the CD, and then that would be our new window sounds. We used to do that all the time. So whenever that's when, incredible, when an error came up, like if you like hit a button you weren't supposed to, instead of going like Broom, it would go, "Hey, that sucked pretty bad." Like just <laughs> we just ruined my dad's computer, man. Speaking of getting a PC for work and then just totally bastardizing the entire yeah yeah we, we did that kind of stuff dude all the time oh man back in the days when we were troublemakers mm-hmm, mm-hmm. what so what's it gonna take for you to fire up your ps4 again god of War's um, coming out yeah that's probably gonna do it i mean that'll that'll definitely do it um it's not even it's not even just that i think it's like a mix between me not having time mm-hmm. and like between work and then trying to get up the website and attempting to put 20 minutes into dark souls which is i don't even know why i waste my time anymore because that mm-hmm. doesn't get me anywhere yeah and then trying to play subnautica which again i don't know why i'm playing both of these games in tandem it's like i'm trying to drive myself insane mm-hmm. one's a survival game 
and one is just a game that just drives you insane for no reason. Mm-hmm. What about? But, did you ever? Did you, did, you, uh, did you ever get into Bloodborne at all? Did you beat yeah. that game? So yes, I um, I loved Bloodborne because my history with the Soul series is not. I did not like one and two. Yeah, like, me neither. At I all. tried it. I tried. I just didn't like get in, and I did it after Bloodborne actually. You did it. What? Which one? Oh, I you did, tried I did the Dark Souls. I went back. Bloodborne. Yeah, I, I got into oh. got Bloodborne. I was like, I I had a very good like a fortunate first try with it too because I was on Christmas holiday and just had an entire day that I I basically I wasted probably the first six and a half to seven hours of just dying. I don't get it. I don't understand. I just keep losing all these blood echoes and everything, and then like. Oh, I can go buy skills. Oh, I can love, like grind and level up. And <laughs> I started to get it from that point. I would just do redo the same section and then I would cower back and then upgrade. Like I kind of created my own way of playing that game that actually ended up being what most other people do, but I discovered it on my own. So it felt like my own way. Yeah. And then that felt so much better. I, I felt like I figured it out like a puzzle. And then going back to Dark Souls, like for me, it was, I like the, the goth sort of like monster world of, of Bloodborne more than the medieval part of, of Dark Souls, which I'm guessing wasn't really the same reaction that you would have had to the Dark Souls world. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, Bloodborne's way more appealing on so many levels. Yeah. It's just the the first off, the design is it's so like, I don't know. I, I don't know if grotesque would be the word, mm-hmm. but I feel like it would fit anyways. Um, it's just so awesome. And Dark Souls is like, I feel like, the Dark Souls series just tries so damn hard for yeah. some reason. Like when I'm playing it, like specifically, I remember um, in the beginning of the game, I'm going through the high wall of Lothric mm-hmm. and it's like it's this very low, low set wall. It's just like a bunch of levels and everything is just I. it's just so dark and like grim and there's like nothing to it. It's very weird. Mm-hmm. Like I get the like they have this whole big cathedral looking over the mountain and all this and that kind of looks amazing but at the same time everything is just the same yeah man like it yeah. all it all just blends in together it doesn't look any different from any of the rest of the world yeah and i guess the other part for me too is like experiencing one first probably has a lot to do with it where you're like oh yeah that not everything else is uh is an imitation or a different version of the thing that I already like, even though obviously those other ones sort of came first. Do you think we're getting another Bloodborne anytime soon though? Because it like I think so. That came out of nowhere. I remember people going nuts because they had liked the Dark Souls series. And I was it wasn't on my radar at all. I remember seeing that that reveal thinking like that looks kind of creepy and, and weird, but I didn't know why people were going totally nuts for it. Now I think <laughs> Bloodborne has the potential to actually be bigger than than probably Dark Souls. Would you agree? Oh, 100%. Yeah. 100%. I don't know if sometimes I get my own world with these things, but yeah, I think Bloodborne's probably going to be more popular in the end. Yeah, like like we were saying like it's a, aesthetically it's more appealing. Yeah. First off, um I think the I think the gameplay is a lot better in Bloodborne. Just the way it functions, like it seems uh like than Dark you, Souls, you mean? Yeah, than Dark Souls. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I like I feel no matter like even if you have a dexterity build in Dark Souls, like I feel at some point it still feels clunky. Mm-hmm. Like the the roll feels very off, mm-hmm. and it, and it's um like you're just a little quicker, you're a little tighter. Like you can move between offense and defense a lot more smoothly in Bloodborne. It seems to me like you like maybe maybe you can break the mold here a little bit, but it seems to me that like are you 
almost exclusively playing games that are really heavily involved mentally or skill skill based games like do you ever play anything that just kind of like you ever just chill you ever just have like an arcade kind of experience i love oh, like resogun oh. and the house mark games and everything next thank Machina you is amazing you just you just read my mind house mark oh. is is one of my favorite devs and yeah, um i got to i got to which was awesome last year at e3 i got to meet them oh snap yeah it was i went to the table uh the, um I went to their table like 10 times because I wanted to get on their leaderboard at E3 because they were giving out a, a signed poster by the entire team. Oh, that's and, awesome. For well, what game? What poster uh, was it? It was Machina. Um, oh, nice. This, yeah, they, they showed – but um, it was odd because I played it at uh, – I played it at um, – no, I'm sorry. I played it at PSX mm-hmm. first and then I played it at E3 and the PSX build was way harder. Oh, really? Because it, like, it's a hard game, man. Yeah, and imagine imagine getting like a quarter of the points for for kills <laughs> and for power ups, mm-hmm. and um, I would say about double the amount of enemies. That's what the PSX build was. Yeah, no doubt. But, um, and that was, dude. They they were like, you keep you keep coming back here, and I'm like, I really want an interview with you guys, but I also <laughs> really want to make the high score and get that poster. Yeah. What were they like, man? Like, I don't even know. I don't actually know much about the dev team themselves, other than other than to say that how sad I was to to learn how not well the last couple of games have gone, and that they have to kind of shift their focus now. But I don't know. I can't picture a person behind that message that that I I remember reading just a couple times over. My heart breaking for them. I know. Um, it was really sad. But they're they're really awesome people. Like, just to give you an example, at E three, um. They didn't even they they didn't even get a booth like at, on the actual floor. Mm-hmm. So what they did, which is this is like so so indie and so cool. Uh, they got they literally had a their laptop with a PlayStation Four controller, and they had a banner and a little <laughs> a little a little like lunch at table, and they were mm-hmm. sitting like hanging out by the vending machines right outside the doors. No way. And, like, yeah. but still in the still in the E3 because like I remember Ouya doing this thing across the street and they're like we don't need E3 we're gonna be over here and people are like yeah, but <laughs> yeah they Ouya they were right they were right there like That's you passed awesome. by um like all the beginning like um like where the games media people were like Andrew Renee and all them were covering mm-hmm. certain events right past there and then you just see House Mark and they're just chilling hanging out and people were still lining up to play their game like, of course because the, they're awesome yeah I. <sighs> It's too bad. I mean, I was going to say maybe they could give it like one more try, but it, I mean, they, they've, Resogun is probably the most familiar one. That's probably the one that most people know. Um, but then Next Machina, and I'm totally blanking on the last one. It's another sort of weird sounding game. Oh, God. Yeah, I never got to play it. Um, oh, my God. Ah, that's okay. But Next Machina is a game that I played on PC. I was lucky enough to get a review code for it. And it's just like, it was top in my top 10 absolutely last year. And then it came, uh, it was on sale on PSN just recently. I'm like, well, I got to pop it over there as well. That's another reason to, to fire up. Between Resogun and Next Machina, I could just kind of like kick back. Those are the games where I'm like, I've got 10 minutes to play. And then I managed to sink 90 minutes into a game session with those devs. Oh, yeah. They're, they're awesome. You can jump into those awesome arcade games. And they're, mm-hmm. they're, they honestly like... Like I, to- like I told them at the show multiple times, I was like, I feel like I'm in the mid-90s, but like it's what i always wanted it to be like mm-hmm. it's on that it's on that next level yeah like and nobody does what they do like nobody the can do is, what they do 
I look, I play that game and it does remind me of the nineties because I'm like, I don't think there's an ending to this. I don't think anybody can possibly beat any of this stuff. Like Resogun, I've, I've come pretty close. Uh, I still need to get through like all the different vehicles or ships or whatever that you can get. But, and there's so many different ways to do it. That's the other part that people don't realize is you can go through like just a regular kind of single player, but then there's arcade. There's like all the different, uh, challenges and, you can also do it if you like if you're a perfectionist, then you're just starting over anytime one of those humans floats yeah. away or gets killed or whatever. I, you're like, I remember doing that on um what was it whatever the highest difficulty was master. I forget. You're insane. Uh, See, this is what I was oh. talking about. I, I actually brought up a poor example. I'm glad we got to talk about Housemark for a little bit here, but I brought up a poor example because I'm like, <laughs> do you play anything but like high high level games or anything? Well, and then I talk about Housemark and these games. These are hard games, man. Yeah, they're very you hard. My point. But like when you go back, like if you're playing it for like a year straight and then you like you stop playing and you go back, like you just hang out and chill. Mm-hmm. I, I tried playing I tried playing Master Difficulty. I think it was a few months back just to just to be like, all right, I don't know how I ever did that. You blow up a shit and you uh, a ship and you immediately get shot back at immediately. So if like you haven't been playing this game and you have 20 ships surrounding you, you're dead like instantly. I, mm-hmm. There's not even a way to get around that. Yeah, man. You're oh, so God. good. Oh, I think we should we should just go go play that. Uh, right? Before we do that, I wanted to ask you just kind of like in addition to God of War and you're playing mm-hmm. Dark, so you're playing like not, don't get a sense that that you need to play like the absolute latest game at all times. Um, is that is that, before I ask my question? Is that the case actually that you're that you're kind of okay just kind of living in the backlog a little bit? I've always I've always kind of been that way, yeah. um, and I've always had my. I have a my very good friend who's, who I've known for years. He picks up every single game, mm-hmm. the, like the second it comes out, and he's like, "Oh man, you got to play this game." I'm like, "Yeah, I'm gonna get to it eventually." Like, like for example, I just beat Near Automata like three, four months ago. Yeah. Like, How many I, playthroughs did you go through? Because even saying beating that game, I got doesn't yeah, make any sense. Yeah, that doesn't. That's very true. Um, I did. <laughs> I got A, B, and F. Oh, okay. I got those three endings. I didn't get I didn't get C ending yet, which okay. I oh, I have to go back for it. I haven't point. even got A. I haven't even done. I haven't even got through the first one. But to be honest, like that game to me, when I think of near, I think of possibly one of the best opening ninety minutes of a game ever. Like, oh yeah, I love the way that that game opens up. Like it's, especially for me, I went in completely blind. I had heard people talk about how much they love it, and but I didn't I didn't really get an understanding of what kind of game it was. Like you didn't really talk. Nobody really talked about the. Like what you actually do, like even the the perspective of the game being kind of over your shoulder at some points, and then it shifts kind of top down at other points, and it's just very, it's actually kind of a difficult game to describe, I guess, which is why maybe some people didn't do it. But going in, it opens up, and you have all the like you've got like a little like a like a dogfight kind of battle, like you're in a like in a plane, almost like yeah. a, like a jet at one point, and then you're fighting these giant robots and these machines. It is all over the place. Yeah, one, really one of the best games though like oh my that, gosh that game is that, awesome that is that is my favorite game i've played since the witcher the witcher 3 oh see i'm not surprised you played the witcher did you <laughs> would you like complete that like a thousand percent i did yeah of course you <laughs> I, did. Like, I tried but did you I mow mean, every blade of grass in that game too <laughs> <laughs> i'm like i'm a hardcore like um old school elder scrolls player Mm -hmm. so i'll get bogged down in just like exploring the world and going to do as many side quests as i possibly can Mm -hmm. so i think i played the witcher 3 for about a hundred hours before i even got halfway through the main story damn it oh i gotta go try that again so in the same 
I'm pretty sure it would would have been the same year. Um, I picked up because I don't. Sometimes I'll, I'll I'll pass on games I'm not really sure about, and Bloodborne was definitely one of them. And The Witcher, I was like, well, I'll just play The Witcher two first, and never got around to it. Then those two games ended up being on sale, or I got them for Christmas, and I tried them in like that same kind of Christmas vacation, and. Uh, I played Bloodborne, got the hang of that, and I, I tried to give about the same amount of time to The Witcher, and it just didn't click, and I've never gone back. And it's oh, one no. of my all-time regrets, man, because go back. I love I, – I do have to go back. And I, it's been – I think the problem with it, too, was I had recently been playing through all of the Dragon Age games. So I was like, well, it, it, it's sort Ooh. of what we talked about before where Dragon Age was my was my fantasy game. And like the Witcher wasn't that, so I'm like I kind of prefer Dragon Age. But now, now maybe it's been a, a long enough time since Dragon I w- Age. Maybe I can try it again. I will say, give it a shot. But um, considering, so y- you liked Dragon Age, I I despise the Dragon Age games, but oh, I but I no, but I loved The Witcher, so I'm kind of concerned for you going back into The Witcher okay. like that. Why do you hate Dragon Age? I don't. It's it's just one of those things. Is like I played it. Like it feels. It just feels silly. Like, like when I start playing, I don't know. I don't know what it is about it. Like, from the second you create your character, and I, I think, um, I played Origins for about like four hours, and oh, like you, ev- p- you picked the wrong Origin then. Yeah, That's- I guess so. But like, ev- everything feels so inconsequential in that game. Like nothing. <gasps> like everything. <laughs> I don't. I don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. Like whereas, like The Witcher Three, it's like. Please come save our town. There's this this giant griffin thing trying to murder all of us. Mm-hmm. And then you kill that griffin thing and then it opens up like endless possibilities and changes kind of the complexion of the NPCs in that town. I think we owe each other something <laughs> out of this. I think we both owe each other. Like I will go back to The Witcher. I think I think you need to go back to Dragon Age Origins. I really do feel like like you're built to love it almost in a way. Yeah. Like like yeah, man. And Origins is that's sort of like almost my standard for how to open a game. And this is this is maybe just I got lucky with the the class that I had chosen. But I love depending on what you choose, like your opening is completely different. And in some cases, even if you choose like a male or female character, there's mm-hmm. one opening where you're at a you're at a wedding you're getting married. You're a couple that's getting married. And then all of a sudden these dudes break in and then grab the bride and like throw her in jail or something like that. And if you start as a female, you are the bride and you get taken away. Like it's, it's so interesting. And it's, it's back in the day where I feel like choices did matter. Like you can, you can just totally bypass this one town and it gets like burned down and you totally, I mean, this isn't actually selling it for people who aren't into these types of games, but (laughs) you need, you need that town. Like you need to buy something or get something from a dude that's there. So I, I think things totally matter, which is why I think we both owe it to each other to go back to these giant fantasy games in the middle of 2018, where there's probably going to be a good three or four dozen games that are kind of must plays here. At least at the very least. Yeah. Aside from, aside from God of war, is there anything that's kind of tickling your fancy this year on PC or maybe it might get you to fire up that PS4 again? Um, Detroit become human Ooh, for sure. Yeah. Choices. Is a, here we go. I'm a, I'm a sucker for a David Cage game. Well, that's um, good because this show ends with a with a clip from Heavy Rain. Oh yes, mm-hmm. Jason. That's beautiful. Yes, <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> I wish I could remember who reminded me of that, but it like it just all of a sudden I'm like, well, we need that clip at the end of this show, and then it became 
it ends every show. Just the thing. Just yeah. the guy searching for Jason. Everybody did the exact same thing because it's just like hit X and you're just Jason, Jason. <laughs> so dumb. So yeah, man, I'm pumped for Detroit as well. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be awesome. I didn't um that was that was my one um regret that I didn't get to play at E3 because I really wanted mm-hmm. to play it. And I stared it in the face. Instead, for some dumb reason, we were getting footage of NAC two. <laughs> some so like because because the guys I worked with hate David Cage. And so I'm sitting there like, guys, we like they're like, no, NAC two's right here. I'm like, this how is this a sentence that I'm hearing right now? I don't think oh I would have ever God. heard that. No like, kidding. <laughs> no, knack two. Forget David Cage. What? It's a friend ending relationship. Uh, yeah. A friend ending statement right there, man. Yeah, Just that's like, it. Mm. I was like, sorry, I don't, I can't, I don't know who you are anymore. I'm you imagine go- if that happens in a video game and somebody gives you sort of like a statement like that and you're like, you probably like chop that person in two or just yeah, like probably leave kill them behind. Them. Yeah, you yeah. probably you probably just straight up murder them. <laughs> if this was Skyrim, I would fuss road dial you off the edge of a cliff. I would lead I you know there. What you just said to me, what is that? A, is that a spell? I don't like Skyrim either. That's the other thing. Wait, Sorry, Skyrim man. or like like Elder Scrolls in general? Don't really like. Uh, I actually. Okay, no, no, no. Don't play. Listen, don't play The Witcher Three. Go play Morrowind. <sighs> really. Just, Yes, trust me. Just trust me on this. That is the the deepest Western Western RPG of all time. It's amazing. I don't know if I need deep though. I think I need to like kind of enter the shallow end first. I think I need to just kind of dip my toes. No, no, just just dive in. Just cannonball right I into can, that I thing. Can drown in the Morrowind. <laughs> Who's the, gonna the... have time for Morrowind right now? <laughs> <laughs> if you put if you start Morrowind, that'll actually be a good segue for you to eventually playing D anD. d well, Baldur's Gate was – I feel like the reason I never got too far in Baldur's Gate is because I didn't understand D&D. Like way, way back in the day, Baldur's yeah. Gate was my first. Well, between that and there was this board game called Heroes Quest that I've mentioned on the show before. And I know people get a little excited. Anybody who's played Heroes Quest before, it's like it's like D&D for dummies, really. Like you get this <laughs> board and you can like have these different layouts and, the, and it does sort of like the gameplay reveals itself like D&D. And there, you got a couple different – die in there anyway it's it's a whole thing <laughs> uh thomas let, tell everybody where they can find you on the internet man this has been so much fun to just kind of talk about as many nerdy things as we could possibly squeeze in in about an hour here this has been amazing where yeah this was great more yeah man thank you for ha- thank you for coming on and uh, oh thanks yeah thanks for uh, uh yeah thanks for coming on my show sean thank you as yeah you yeah about to say <laughs> yeah thanks for having me thanks for <laughs> even know what I, that's not what i was gonna say but i don't know what i was, what I was gonna say let me drink <laughs> oh, some more coffee here man yeah i need a, a second cup um yeah whew. um you guys can find me on twitter at uh at game underscore stom and of course as i mentioned before you guys will be able to find me on sticks and crits.com coming up within the month and sticks and crits on youtube twitch mixer twitter it's all over the place it's gonna be everywhere dude We're that's gonna- awesome we're going to be a bunch of silly D&D gamers just shouting things at each other. Well, some somebody out there is definitely like praising the sky right now because they're so like I'm I'm sure that there's just not enough of it out there. So I think you guys are onto something, dude. I wish I was I wish I was into it because I would love to move in on that with you, but there's it's just not in me, man. Hey, but listen, I can't wait to see how it comes. We're going to be having guests on, so I'll keep you in mind, Sean. It'd we'll be teach cool you. to have like yeah, t- have guests on who have like no idea what's happening, and that I think that would be super entertaining. It'd be like Conan the Clueless Gamer kind of thing, but for D and D, yeah, that's we'll the give, role I want to play. We'll give you we'll give you just the silliest character write up. That'd be awesome. 
Yeah. That actually would be really fun. I think we should definitely do that. You should if you <laughs> if you get a chance, look up um just look up the one like there's a few clips. Chris Hardwick being on Critical Role. It's oh, hilarious. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah so. Chris Hardwick is is a huge inspiration for the show of just like I remember him telling people in the interview, like, this is the show. Like basically what like that that comes a lot from from Nerdist from way, way back in the day, man. Yeah. A couple of years yeah. ago. Yeah. All right, man. Thanks for doing this. Yeah, thanks for having me. This was awesome. We just rambled on for like an hour, but it was great. Just one one topic to the next. I love it. That's it. Hang on. Don't go anywhere because I'm going to tell you about a game that we're giving away at the, in the notes. If you play on the PC, um, Thomas, you may even take this yourself, man, if you're one of the first ones to listen to it. Deus Ex is in the show notes. Go take it. I got it from Humble Bundle. I play it on Xbox. You can have it. I would really like you to take this show, this show, take this game from the show. I um, I haven't been doing that the last couple of weeks, and I apologize. I, I I do have actually quite a few codes from this Humble Bundle. I'm not exactly sure why I'm still doing it. Uh, I talked to Lucas about that a little while ago. Lucas Rose from Flexipose. But I didn't want to just give you guys, like, the crappy, crappy leftovers. I'll just give you, like, the good leftovers. And Deus Ex Mankind Divided is amazing. It is so good. I played it on Xbox. I It's on my list of games I want to get back to in addition to The Witcher 3 and God even knows what else. So that's a, that's a problem. I would really like to win the lottery. Like, that would be really, really nice. I would totally, I would do this all the time. Like, no joke. I, Chelsea wouldn't be cooking anymore because we'd have a chef. We would, like, there'd be so much time. All the things that buy you time, like cooking and cleaning and all that other stuff, you better believe that'd be paid by lottery. Uh, lottery money. And also, we don't get tax on lottery lottery money here up in Canada. That music, how amazing that music. Ken stage, it was the Clamato Fever. <laughs> Clamato? That's weird. That's like the, the drink in Canada that makes your... Makes your Caesars something that you guys you, you you go to the states and they're all like, "Do you mean a Bloody Mary?" No, no, I mean a, I mean a Caesar. Caesars are delicious. Bloody Mary is tomato juice and booze. I mean that'll do, do the trick. Not quite the same. Thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing, sharing with friends, rating on us, rating us, not rating on us. <sighs> I've been talking too much lately. YouTube.com/slash We The Nerdies where you can find this. Uh, subscribe. We do so much more over there, guys. A lot of content going up. And subscribers, thank you for coming and, and watching the content you're probably coming for one thing watching another thing you're amazing i think that's how dude got here lens all you guys are amazing warren i hope you're doing okay warren uh if we ran nintendo is also on this we've got uh who the heck do we have we have the mega dads speaking of the mega dads tonight monday april 2nd if we ran nintendo with john and adam i cannot freaking wait listen to me on the xbox drive with dave moore that's on day space as well please consider if you like this and all the other stuff going on it make us better Support a dollar would be incredible to see another new patron come on next month at patreon.com slash make us better. Thank you to our artists, Gary Gray and uh, Adam Leonard. How many times am I going to say Adam's name this episode? Well, I kind of like the guy. Anyways, uh, video designer Antonio Guillen, and this is powered by dayspace.com. Otherwise, this is episode 139 of We The Gamer Cast. Now in your ears and your eyeballs. Thanks for listening. Now it's time for Jason. Jason, I told you about this, Thomas. Jason, 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 Jason. Jason! 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 Jason!
Jason! Jason! Jason! 